Welcome, friends. It's that time again. Saturday morning, wake up and think clearly with your host, me, Hiram Warno. <clears throat> yeah, I had COVID <clears throat> uh, from January 8th into January 18th. I was in the hospital and I'm out. This is like my, <clears throat> my fifth day out. Um, I'm staying at the beautiful uh, uh, spare room of my brother's house. Sorry for the mess. Okay. Let's see who else is showing up. Hmm. Oh, nobody so far. Okay. Close this. Okay. <clears throat> so it's 7 a.m. Saturday morning, January 22nd, 23rd, 2021. Wow. Hmm. It's a great time to be alive. <clears throat> we got a new, uh, President and in uh, administration. <clears throat> After some struggle, and still <clears throat> uh, the, the Trump and the Trumpists uh, <clears throat> are claiming that the election was stolen and things like that. <clears throat> but that's uh, that's where things go. Okay, so well, maybe he'll, he'll want to start his new conservative party for, for uh, 2024. That's kind of crazy. This is a two-party system. <clears throat> you don't stand a chance, but that would be good. Interesting. <clears throat> it, may, it may make way for a third party to come up. Uh, hopefully not just that third party, but uh, uh, some lefty kind of niche. Adriana. Oh, it's good to see you, Adriana. Unmute yourself. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Can you hear me okay like this? Excellent. Okay, good. How are nice you? Are you okay? Yes, nice background. Yeah, there. Oh, thank you. Yes, I, I, I was a COVID patient for uh, for 10 days. Oh, goodness. Are, at, you, at, are you coming out of it? And I'm, yeah, I'm out of it. I've, I've been in, in this uh, spare room of my brother's house in quarantine for the past uh, five days. Hmm. Well, we have another friend. But you look, uh, I mean, aside from having the oxygen, you're not coughing or anything, so it's good. Yeah, I just need this oxygen uh, to keep me um, at a good level. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess I had pneumonia, or I still have it. Okay. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Vietnam. No, good morning. No, needed shot. Hello, thank you. Good morning. Wow. We have uh, a special guest, Adriana Roldan, and and always a special guest, Rami Kutene. Adriana Roldan has, has been here before some, some weeks ago, and she's back for more punishments. 
And Mike, I'm not sure what Mike that is. Could that be Mike the mathematician or a new Mike? Unmute yourself, Mike. Say hello. Or Mike can remain a silent, mysterious observer. Okay. Iro, how are you? Let's Thank you. See. Ah. I'm not sure why my video isn't. Oh, great. Now. It's Mike, the mathematician. Just making sure Satan's around. How delighted we are. He's super special guest, Mike, the mathematician. Mike Taylor. You seem so much hardier this week than you did last week. Are you at home now? Yes. Yes, uh, this is my fifth day at home. Not my regular home, but a spare room provided by my brother in his uh, Longwood home to keep me from my mother and her caretaker. Actually, they, they both uh, tested out positive, but they didn't have to go to the hospital. Excellent. They may test out negative anytime soon. I I'm going to back out and try to rejoin. So you were taking care of your mom. They tested positive, but now you're the one that. You want to hear their voices? And I had the worst. Yes, they had, they had minor symptoms. But I had a lot of coughing and, and running nose. You don't handle it. And headache. But I thought it was just a cold until I finally uh, I went to the emergency room and they, they took x-rays of my chest and, and saw a pneumonia. Mm. Another mic. Oh, no, it's the same mic. He's trying to get his, oh, now we can see beautiful Mike. Yes, we see Mike looking up into the... The, the, the view of your nostrils is perfect, <laughs> Professor Taylor. Professor Taylor. Yes. I wonder why he has to look up. His camera... Or is his camera up above him? Or his uh, monitor is up above him? So we have an open, open topic for today. Now... Uh, 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 Rami suggested we look at uh, some verses from the Bible. Okay. One, now, Hiro, what's, what has happened to you? I have lost track of you for a while. You're down with the COVID? Yes, I, I went down, 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 and I was 10 days in the hospital. They did everything, remdesivir, plasma, mm, uh, steroids. <clears throat> my, my lungs were in inflamed uh, with mucus and I <clears throat> when I when I breathe normally I I want to cough so I'm breathing uh, panty uh, shallowly <clears throat> to keep from coughing but I should try to cough anyway <clears throat> that was a normal breath well I'm sorry you have gone through this I'm glad you apparently are getting somewhat better Yes, I'm at home. <clears throat> I, I can't get very high. <clears throat> Only a, a thousand milliliters. You could probably get 5,000 milliliters. Okay. <clears throat> I, start, I start the cough. 
So how are you, Mike? I'm pretty much the same as always. Uh, I'm fortunate, you know, the world has more or less passed me by, at least to this point. Hmm. The world as in the COVID-19? As in the COVID-19 and a lot of other things. Hmm. (laughs) How do you do it? Uh, hide under the bed. <laughs> That's one way. <laughs> yes. How are you, Adriana? Adriana? I am doing good. Um, had a really nice gathering of family this weekend um, for my niece's uh, college graduation. Uh, she's in California. My sister's Alabama. The other niece is in uh, Texas, and we all got together in uh, Coral Springs. <laughs> wow! And uh, it was really, really uh, reuniting. You know, it was uh, really heartfelt. Uh, good, good, good vibes. Good loving spirit. So good. Where is Coral Springs? Uh, it's like uh, north of Orlando. North of Orlando? Uh, for Lauderdale. Oh, for Lauderdale. On the I west mean, side. I should know that area. I used to live in uh, Weston. Okay, it's, uh, if, um, if you take that highway, um, the Sawgrass, it's by the Sawgrass Mall. Oh. North from Weston, uh, 45 minutes. Near Tamarack? Um, it's before Tamarack, I believe. Yeah, before Tamarack. Oh, so it's pretty, pretty next to Weston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should remember it. Yeah, I love it. I actually area. lived in Weston before. <laughs> but yeah, I lived in Weston with my mother. My father uh, retired and, and got that place in Weston. So I was there from 95 to 2000 until my father died. So so my mother and I, uh, we got uh, sold the house and moved to Orlando area, to Heathrow. <clears throat> so we could be yeah. close to my brothers who have a company here in Orlando. Okay. Mm. Construction company. <laughs> and then uh, we just closed on a house with my partner, my, my living partner. We closed on a house yesterday, so. We're gonna be moving soon. <laughs> Where to? Um, Claremont. Oh, that's way out there, way west. In uh, the... well, right now we live in Winter Garden. We're in Winter Garden. Uh, you're close I to. I've been Lake Mary most of my life. Uh, I still have a property. My daughter lives in my property over there. Um, Luis Del Pino lives in in uh, Mont Verde. That's near Claremont. Yeah, yeah, I'm like right on Mount Verde. <clears throat> yes, Luis Del Pino and David Norton is with, in the house. Our regulars, Luis Del Pino and David Norton. Yeah, I'm here, Iro. How you doing? <clears throat> Great. Good morning. Bye. How are you doing? You're leaving. 
Oh, right. you, you got Rami and I'm at home. Well, Adriana you had Rami, but actually here today, My wife has put a moratorium on me being in the same room as Luis Del Pino this morning because uh, she doesn't like the way he looks after a period of time. So we, we're going to step out. It just won't be productive today. If, if we were even to try, she'll literally power off the machine. So have a good morning, everyone. Bye-bye. Until next Bye. time. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. I don't even want to hear it. Come back later. Okay. Louise, how you doing? Good morning, David. Louise. How doing, you doing good. Are you, how are you doing? <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> Why do you ask that? <laughs> well, he's the one who's been going through hell and back. Um, you know, so that's the question of the day. How are you doing now, Mr. Okay. Mr. Oh, pretty good. Pretty so you're good. All right. I, I tried to sleep on my belly, but I, I can't get, uh, get, get to sleep on my belly. I mean, it's good for me to to lay prone on my belly so that the uh, the liquids uh, through gravity uh, move towards the, the front of my chest instead of all uh, in the back. They got mm. pneumonia too? Yeah, it, it, com uh, it got complicated into pneumonia. <clears throat> wow. Mm. I, had it in, uh, I had COVID in July. I have some home um, homeopathic things that might help you. I can text them to you. Okay. Yeah. Some people recommend a recipe including eucalyptus. I haven't tried that yet. <laughs> but my but then my sister ordered uh, all kinds of products containing eucalyptus. <laughs> oh, and, and I've heard that uh, like a tea with uh, turmeric and ginger is good. Yeah. Uh, but I did it like um, hey. concentrate ginger, turmeric, honey, uh, lemon, and cayenne pepper is really important because the cayenne pepper um, lets it stick on your esophagus. So it actually works. It, it, it doesn't just go down to your stomach, <laughs> like with a tea, just kind of pooch, you know. Oh, so the cayenne pepper... It comes around in, in the throat area. Yeah, and it, 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 it goes down and it kind of sticks to the wall. So it it, um, it allows the ginger and turmeric that are the um, the ones that are going to kill the bacteria. They allow oh. it to to work in in better places. You know, <laughs> in more places. Oh, so the cayenne pepper doesn't do the killing, but it keeps the the stuff that does the killing. In the area you want it to be. Place, yeah, it, it kind of sticks to the walls of your, you know, your throat, and it it, it goes down, and it just kind of sticks, and it allows the ginger and turmeric to kind of, kind of work, uh, better. And okay. and I do it. Um, I can I juice it or squeeze the root of the turmeric and the ginger. Squeeze it. And uh, and you just do really concentrate, really strong, and I mean it's hard to swallow, but I mean I am used to it and I love it. But I know people that they won't do it. So. It's like a, a tea you take every morning or what? 
Um, yeah, I make it, I make it pretty often, but if I'm sick, then I'll do it concentrate. Like I'm telling you, I'll usually um, just juice it in a juice, you know, just make a juice. But if I ha have to heal from something, uh, I'll just squeeze it right out and just drink it straight like that. Wow. David, how are you doing? I'm doing you, pretty good. Hi, Rose. You had you had COVID, and your and your wife had COVID some some uh, months or so ago, right? Yeah, so I'm like Adriana. I had my COVID back in the latter part of June and beginning of July. You know, but uh, you know, as far as the homeopathic type of you know treatment that I found, um, you know, is the thing is I've relied on on quinine because the thing is they say that H what is it uh, hydroclock hydrocroxychloroquine or something supposedly does something so ever since this whole thing came out I've been taking what they call PQQ which is a, a form of uh, vitamin that sort of creates uh, quinine in your system but then the other there's a way to take in you can actually make your own too from they say from um, orange rinds and also grapefruit rinds too so I don't know but you know for some reason they say that quinine does something but anyway, I I've never heard of that. So you're saying that quinine uh, helps helps to uh, make hydrochloroquine somehow? Well, no. The thing is, it helps to it does something to take and produce uh, quinine in your body. You know, the thing is, quinine. I don't know if you know, it's a treatment for malaria. And the thing is, what's happened is they early early on found out that hydro, hydroxychloroquine is um, something that is a therapy against uh, this COVID-19, a very effective one. But the thing is that because of the political arena, what they did is they, they took and they made hydroxychloroquine a, an element that is really uh, something that harms you. The major media did. So, but the only thing is on the backside, you have all kinds of doctors that are prescribing it, saying that their patients have been cured because they've taken hydroxychloroquine. Now, do they take it as quinine or as hydroxychloroquine? They take it as hydroxychloroquine. It's a very simple and cheap um, remedy that there's a go. It's not over the counter, but a doctor prescribes it. And many doctors have prescribed it. But the thing is, the foundation for hydroxychloroquine is quinine. So, you know, the thing is, just like I was reading yesterday from something I was sent back in July, is that, um, you know, um, Tonic water has quinine in it, you know. Um, I don't know how effective that is overall, but the thing is, it's like I say, once again, you, you get down to it and it's proven that this mm -hmm. is something that's very effective against COVID, you know. Wow. And um, I wasn't taking it at the time that, um, that I got to COVID, but the thing is, when I found out about it, I started taking it. And I think it's been something that's helped me because um, I'm an Uber driver and I've come into contact with this. I'm certain every day, you know, with people who uh, have had COVID or have it or whatever, you know, but since then I haven't had a problem, but I also have probably have the antibodies too. The same as my wife, she has the antibodies as well. David, did you, is your something that you um, put a couple drops only and then you dilute it? What, in the PQQ? Yeah. No, it's a pill. It's an actual pill, but I think you may be able to get it in a liquid form. But all the things that you, you use PQQ? 
Yeah, mine is uh, the hydrochloride is um, is liquid, and uh, you just use you you put two drops, and you have to yeah. let it sit for five minutes, and then you have to dilute it with the compound. Yeah, all the, all the things that you mentioned before, Adriana, I, I supplement too with, um, because I think they're all very, except the, the, the cane, what is it, the, 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 the kainai or? Oh, the cayenne pepper. Cayenne pepper. You know, I don't, I didn't use, I don't use that, but the turmeric and uh, the other things that you mentioned, the ginger and stuff is a very, very good for a homeopathic remedy, I think, for COVID. Uh, I think there's a lot of stuff out there that can really ha help people, you know, but for some reason, well, now since, um, now since uh, Joe Biden's in, in office, they've come out and said, yes, um, the American Medical Association that hyd hydroxychloroquine is good. You know, they say that now, yeah. but they, they didn't want to say it though, when Donald Trump pushed it through and wanted everybody to have the opportunity to take it, you know, um, but now it's good because he's no longer around. So that's weird. It doesn't yeah, not weird. That's called propaganda. <laughs> yeah, maybe they wanted Pfizer and and Moderna to be the primary way to get protection, I guess, or well, or they just uh, the, is, this, or maybe wait, it's just the FDA that. Since we're talking said, about COVID, does, did anybody hear the news yesterday about wow. Henry Aaron, Hank Aaron? Mm -hmm. Hank Aaron died yesterday. Oh, okay. And 17 days ago, he was a poster boy for the um, the new vaccine. Okay, he took his first shot. Okay, four days ago, he took his second shot. And he died yesterday. Wow. How old was he? He was 86. Mm. You have a tendency to do that when you're 86. I mean, yeah, the question is, what did he die of? Yeah, that's the question. But the thing is, you know, they showed pictures of him getting his first shot. And he looked, you know, a healthy 86-year-old, you know. So the thing is, to me, it can't help wonder. And the thing is, it depends on, you know, where you get your information from. But if you search down deep into the you'll find that other people have been dying too that have received the um, hydroxychloroquine that are of older age, that are like, like him, you know. So the thing Rami. is, huh? Rami's back. Oh, good. I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to yes, hear that. Rami, Rami suggested uh, for us to look at uh, the verse that says, uh, when Jesus heard this, he said to them, those who are healthy have no need of a physician, but only those who are sick. I did not come here to call the righteous, but the sinners who recognize their sin and humbly seek forgiveness. <clears throat> That's the uh, Amplified Bible version. Hyro, what was the context of that statement? Uh, yeah, the, what what uh, what uh, what was going on at uh, at that time? That's Mark two seventeen. Perhaps yeah, like, like 16 and 18. Let's go back to 16. 16, when the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with the tax collectors and sinners? That make it exciting? <laughs> and then what about 18? Now let's uh, skip to forward. And when he says, 
now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but you are not? What's going on here? And Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. So, so here, <laughs> Jesus responds twice, and he gets it from one side, and then he gets it from the other side, right? And he answers them straight each time. That's, yeah, that's dangerous. True. What's that? That's dangerous. What's dangerous? Answering straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, got him killed. <laughs> but the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. Mm. Now he's going into the in the coming days or the future. I don't know. Mysterious. Well, it's not a mystery when you apply it to your own life. You know, I mean, there's, the thing is, when you take and break this down, the whole thing, as far as I'm concerned, says a whole lot of, of different things. You know, uh, number one, he was talking to the Pharisees. And the thing is, they, they had everything that was orderly and some kind of uh, law that said that you can do this and you can't do that and so on and so forth. And mm. Jesus, I think, is just pointing out the fact that... Um, you know, um, you can't live by the laws. You have to live by what exists, what the truth that exists at the time, you know. And the thing is, it's not necessarily true that, you know, um, you know, that people are going to have a problem. You know, I got to see what the content, because the same same message gets split um, several different ways. What what was the thing? Uh, with Mark 217 is the central verse shared. And it was the first one out of a one-page document that I was hoping we could go over. Yeah, I think we should now. Is that one that you put out? Yes. Yeah. Now, um, Luis, I know that you've got a copy. David's got a copy. Mike and Adriana do not have a copy. I but if, if you want to. I, I'm looking at it right now. It's okay. Oh, you've got a copy now, too? I posted, I'm, I'm on, online. Yeah. I posted I it on Meetup. Oh, OK. But I, I see, I have, I pulled it up right away. So I got it. Good. Um, what were you saying, uh, Rami, that, that you had uh, a page in reference to it? Right, that was that was just the opening line. We could spend all day on it if if that's what people want to do. I don't, I but I it was part of a one-page PDF that was sent out. Yeah, I see it. I think it, I think it was you know really good. There, there's so much information in in the context of the teachings of Jesus Christ, you know, and just like this past week, um, let me show you something that I was involved in. Um, I seen on the internet somewhere that, um, who was it, uh, Donald Trump's pastor, okay, had came to visit him or something, and her name was Paula. So I'm the kind of a guy that I like to know, well, what kind of a pastor is this Paula, you know? So I started researching 
Paula and come to find out um, her name is Paula White Dash Kane and she's married to one of the people that belong to Journey, okay? And also she has a church over here in Apopka that she pastors called the City of Destiny. Um, so myself, I had to take and, you know, listen to one of her messages because to me, people in their speech and in their words, they tell a story about themselves, you know? So the thing is, when I listened to her message, I found that it was, it was really uh, founded in the Gospel of Matthew, which is one of the Gospels that I really love because even though there's four Gospels, there's only two of the Gospels that were actually written by people that were his disciples. And one is John and the other is Matthew. Um, Luke was written long afterwards. So the Gospel of Luke, to a, a large degree, there's to me, there's hearsay in it. And the same is true with Mark, you know. Go ahead, Rami. How do you know? The, 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 I always understood, this is what I love about, because there's so much diversity and understanding when it comes to this stuff. Right. I always understood Mark to be the first one written. John's the last. Um, and, well, and that there is, that's what, the, that's what the Pharisees and the scribes would have you believe of sure. current people, as far as I'm concerned. Well, because well, the thing he, is, he it openly, openly says in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark, okay, that in the, it's not in Mark, but in John. In the end of John, it says that the one that wrote the Gospel of John was the one who Jesus loved. Yes. So that would mean that that person was an actual disciple. Right, and the thing, I, I'm, I'm, I'm referencing and focusing in on the Gospel of Mark specifically. So what does that mean? Well, it because it, it, number of people believe that the Gospel of Mark is the first one. I know they all do. It's not the number one, but I, and, I mean, well, it's all your, it, and it's it's the shortest of them. Yeah. And uh, uh, you're you're saying that it came from the Pharisees, the Gospel of Mark, or that it or that he no. was or that Mark was not a direct disciple? Because I always thought of Mark as someone who is a teenager around Jesus. He very uh, well that, could have been a teenager. But the thing is, you see, like a lot, there's a lot of things that are written in there. It's sort of, sort of like, to me, the propaganda news that we get today. It's no different. Because the thing is, you see, it also says in there, in, in the Gospel of John, that Jesus Christ was almost 50 years old. Okay? But the I thing is, I all of I don't, I don't see that inside the Gospel of John. It is. It's there. If you know give us a specific I'll, I'll look it up and I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. okay. And okay. I, I know that you, David, have also read several extra canonical um, works that, 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 that list themselves as gospels. Oh, yeah. The thing is, I have because I'm interested. I want to know and hear directly from the people that actually knew Jesus Christ. And the thing is, um, unfortunately, uh, Mark, Mark and Luke do, are not direct you know, disciples. But the thing is, Thomas is one, and there is a publication out there that Thomas wrote, and also Mary Magdalene as well. Okay, so um, so Luke is like a research report, and Acts is part two of Luke, right? right that's right. Uh, but but I do not include Mark as being not one of Jesus's disciples. Well, I don't care what you do or not. I mean, that just so you know what I do, you know, the way and, I and interpret it. Because from from all the scholarship that I've I've studied or research, 
I don't, I, the claim that you made to me is unique. I've, that's the first time I've ever heard that. So I'm wondering, is that a statement? I'm wondering where that came from because it runs counter from the scholarship that I've that's, that's come, come from me. With. You know, it's sort of like the scholarship, it's sort of like the scholarship that's out there that hydroxychloroquine will kill you. And the thing is you need to take and do exactly what the scholars say, the doctors regarding this here COVID thing. To me, there's other ways to go is to look at common sense as to reality. Okay, and the thing is, Mark is nowhere identified as a, um, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, except for the book that he wrote, which I believe he's a disciple, a secondhand disciple, you might say. I think he learned from the original disciples, whether it be from, um, you know, Matthew or Ma um, what's the other one, Matthew or John or Thomas or James, you know, James has got a great book there too that goes right along with exactly what I'm, I'm saying to you. Um, you know, so the thing is in a man's words, they identify his substance. That's why I was so interested in learning and understanding, um, you know, this past week about Paula White Kane and what her message was. And I was very impressed uh, by it, okay? Because of the fact that, you know, she's speaking direct from, you know, the gospels that, you know, to me are, are real. I mean, they're all real, but the only thing is, like if somebody tells you something, you know, and originates that authorship, it's up to you to find out what they're saying is really true. So the thing is, you have to investigate it and compare it to other words, so on and so forth, in order to establish its reality. And it has to be real to you, because that's a unique thing about the teachings of Jesus Christ. Because the thing is, you can read the words, but the thing is, until you actually experience the words, they're not real. Um, Michael Taylor, do you recall the teaching that uh, about the the um, about the field and um, about sowing seed into the field, and then the adverse the the about opponent the or ad adversary comes along. And, and plants thistles and thorns. Yeah, that's parable. That, that's parable of the, of the sower. That there is chapter 13 of Matthew. Thank you. Um, so I, I have to wonder, the, the idea of, of Mark not being a disciple, is that a thistle? No, wait, I didn't say that he's not a disciple. I say he's a secondhand disciple. Okay. okay? I Because the thing is, when you have his disciples listed, and they're listed in and even in Luke, but the only thing is, what's so interesting is that the disciples that are, that are listed in Luke versus Matthew are different. So the thing is, which one is right? You know, I get into this argument with preachers all the time, you know? So the thing is, well, they come across and they say, well, really his mother was married to blah, blah, blah. And they go on with their own reasoning, you mm -hmm. know? And the thing is, are you gonna take and listen to the, I call them Pharisees and the scribes, or are you gonna take and listen to actually what Jesus Christ said and what's actually recorded. And to me, I go along with the words of Jesus Christ as recorded and as they relate to life too. I look at, I look at them that they have to, you know, you have to experience life through those words. And I think I do anyway, I don't know if you ever do, but I'm, a lot of people do, you know, when they believe in Jesus Christ, but because they get redemption, they get, um, you know, forgiveness. I mean, many, many things happen into their, into their life and they become very real, you know. But the thing is, you can read the Bible, too, as a as a like a law book. And when you read it as a law book, it's totally to me, it's totally an evil operation, because the thing is, you're designating to other people what that law says to you. It's sort of a kindness 
a form of kindness that is self-destructive. Yes. There, by the way, uh, what, um, what our friend David was referencing in terms of the discrepancy between two Gospels, this was the same issue that Carl Sagan had brought up, because in one Gospel, there's a genealogy, and in another thing. Gospel, there's another ge genealogy, and they don't perfectly align. So this is very real. There are different perspectives, giving right. the accounts to the best of their abilities. We are, we are messengers in, what, clay pots? Well, we're messengers according to the things that each person has experienced in life, you know, just like Adriana with her holistic understanding of, uh, you know, different um, herbs and stuff for, for medical uh, solutions, you know. I mean, we all have different things that we understand. And the idea is to come to share all these different ideas so that we all can take and learn from them. And Jesus Christ was one of the greatest teachers to me that ever lived. Because the thing is, if you look at his teachings, he operates on a question because he's always answering and asking questions, even in that passage that uh, Rami just brought forward. And the only person that has ever been, I would say, greater than, than Jesus was Socrates, you know, because Socrates did exactly the same thing and he was killed for the same reason Jesus was. And, and Socrates would have been common, part of the, the common story available within the, the lands that he lived in because um, Hellenism had, had already spread through and taken over. That's exactly right. And as a matter of fact, there was a Stoic school that was right near where Jesus lived. And there's some um, scholars that actually believe that Jesus probably attended that school. And that when you take and look at a lot of his work and stuff like that, a lot of it is Greek oriented, you know, and I agree totally. No, okay. But a lot of people, you know, they don't follow that strain because it's not part of the main religion. All right, I don't want us to get too caught up in the minutia because um, it's really easy to do. I wonder if we can do the, the large sweeping overview and then drill into wherever anyone has questions. Okay, what's your, what's your suggestion, your overview? I mean, does anybody else have questions or anything that- Mike has a big smile on his face, so I got to kind of wonder what's inspiring that. What, Mike? Uh, just convulsions and twitchings on my part. Nothing significant. <laughs> I feel the same. <laughs> well, let's not cause Mike to do any how, more of that. <laughs> how, how are you feeling, Elise? Doing great. I'm doing great. I, I was, I was uh, trying to see where this, uh, this is leading because uh, the, the first question was, what's going on here? Uh, referring to, uh, to, the, uh, to the verse. And I was hoping to, to, to uh, uh, further the discussion. What, what is going on? What's the question? What's the, what's the, uh, the subject mm -hmm. at hand? Yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious. The, I'm, I'm curious where, verse, we, where we take it from, from, uh, from there. The verse is, is uh, it sounds like he's saying uh, uh, sick people should, should get a doctor. Healthy people mm, don't need one. And then... It well, that's a it, that's a given. It, um, it uh, compares that to uh, sinners and those who uh, don't think of themselves as sinners. Yeah, I, I was curious about those two labels. 
I mean, to put together, it sounds kind of a, you know, it's like tax collectors and sinners, oh. Oh, like a sinners. big, like a big sinners bag of people in, there. As in I, Jesus. I, yeah, it's like as those, Jesus, uh, who are those tax collectors and sinners collectively uh, put together? It's like, okay, where, where, where does that mean to us? Uh, there, tax there's, collectors. There's reason for that. Would you like maybe, to know? Maybe sinners uh, are people who are seeking spirituality and so they are more sincere in gravitating towards a, a teacher like Jesus and so so Jesus is trying to say uh, yes I'm uh, I could care less about you tax collectors I'm here to uh, gain so they're some, not really talking what you say in Hyros they're not really talking about tax collectors per se or, or, or sinners are, per se Maybe but it's supposed, are, are righteous people it's supposed to infer that they're not spiritually oriented people or, okay. they, you know, I'd like to cut through this and give you to the answer because I, I don't All right, want let's do it. to squirm. Hey, hey, I, I go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, he's, he's really speaking about that. Yeah. That he, uh, he's, his mission or, you know, he, what he's supposed to do or what we're all supposed to do is just not, um, we, we're not there to like heal spiritually um, or to be there just for people that are, don't need it, that are healthy, that are righteous, that have everything they need or they think, um, you know, it's, it's a spiritual healing. It's a, it's a, it's a body healing and you know uh that's that's what he's there for is just to be for those yeah. who really need to hear him and to be with him the righteous um uh or the ones that are you know that are healthy or the ones that um, belong in government uh they may not think they need it and so they may not be open to listening or to be with him but the ones that do want to be with him and they're open and they need him, that's who he's gravitating for. And yeah, I mean, it, it has nothing to do with a doctor or whatever. He's, that's kind of a way of um, um, him praising mm -hmm. the fact that he's there you know, to heal uh, spiritually. <laughs> anyway, that's my take. I'd like to provide you with an answer, Luis. Thank you for that. Um, Adriana, um, I, to answer your question, Luis, the reason why tax collectors are, are lumped in with sinners are because the tax collectors are the enabler of the state, well, of empire, which is the, the man-made The evil system. empire of the Romans. Well, right. If you want to, you know, sure. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of simplistic, right? I mean, really. But anyway, I, I'll take that. I'll take that. So I mean, it's asking it's kind of like why a doctor, why is a doctor surrounded by sick people? You know, <laughs> because they are the ones that need that need, uh, you know, healing and medication and, uh, and a therapy. But so what right. what is the what? Where are we going with this? That, that, that was just a, a supporting scripture. Two were shared. Have you had a chance to read the document that I emailed out last night, Luis? No. Okay. But maybe maybe you can summarize in it. Today, yeah. In dealing with today's, um, in, in the world of today, we would relate that to maybe the IRS. We don't like a call from the IRS. We don't like the IRS. We don't like what they do. 
you know but it has nothing to do with them personally you know yeah. you know that's the job that they're doing or somebody that has to go and fight in a war and kill others just just like the ten commandments a soldier. we can resent we can resent uh, being imposed those, those who, who says what why do i have to do this or not it, we, it, we all of us have the power and the freedom to question uh, any authority that's the, for sure that's the only power we have actually to, to, okay. to use our noodle. I have a hey. suggestion. Yeah. I've got uh, a document. Jairo, you've got the document. Uh, Is it called The Necessity of the Savior? Yes, that's the one. If you want to share it up on screen did and you, go over uh, it. Did you uh, write it or what? I wrote it some time ago, at least 10 months ago. And I cannot summarize it because it is itself a summary and each and every one of those sentences has a very specific purpose. So we need a savior. No, that's the, uh, the necessity of a savior. No, I think to me, sometimes I think the whole point is being missed here. Um, I really think you have to look back at the foundation of why was Jesus Christ uh, came? Why did he speak, period? And the reason was that you can found it, find it in uh, chapter 18, 18 of uh, Deuteronomy. And his purpose, okay, was to, to come to this earth to present the truth to mankind about life, period. And the thing is, when you take and dig into his teachings, Jesus speaks in parables. And it's openly said in Matthew and also in John that he never spoke without speaking a parable. So the thing is, when he's given this here speech and these words that are given in, in Mark, okay, they're a parable to life. And the parable I think that is actually meant here is the thing is people who may have problems in their life are the people that are actually sick and they're searching for, um, for truth as to understanding. And I don't think that whether you're spiritual or not, I mean, that's been the foundation and also the center of our conversation here for as long as that I've been attending this here group is where there's a, a, a desired understanding of what life is all about and so on and so forth. And we yeah. tend to go off in different directions, okay, to learn about it. And I yeah. think that Jesus Christ being born at, this at the time that he was, he grew up actually in a, a community, a Greek culture. You know, you never hear that being talked about there, you know, from the, um, the scholars that study Jesus Christ, but the reality is that he did. And, um, you know, the thing is we have to take in context of the culture of that time and the things that he said, not as, um, you know, as law, but as a parable to life and try to fit them into where they belong in each of our own lives, you know, to me. So, you know, trying to legalize anything that he has um, to make it be right or wrong or it's to be interpreted this way or that way, is uh, taking and doing a disservice to each of us that do that. But the thing is to take them and see how they apply to each individual life, then give testimony because even in this here little short passage, he asked the question, he asked questions. And the thing is he's looking for answers. He wants to know what people are thinking regarding this topic, you know? So it's, um, you know, it's all right there as far as I'm concerned, but you know, it depends on how each of us understand it. And it's important to get each other's views because that's how we all grow. Well, that's, in a sense, we could say that we all are that Jesus uh, 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 symbol or person 
we all are asking questions and we all are speaking in parables, right? We all are trying to understand reality, understand ourselves. As a matter of fact, you tell me every time that I, I speak uh, very openly about my worldview, you say, but that's your worldview. It is. And I have mine. Jesus had his worldview. Uh, Mike has his worldview. Adriana has uh, hers, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, assuming for a second that uh, uh, Jesus' view is the view, is a, is a step, uh, you know, it's a big step because we, we question everybody and everything, but not the, the, the figure, uh, the, the symbol uh, of, of Jesus. So oh, I, always, I always try to go behind the, the veil that, and go, it, who, where is the wizard behind the, the... Well, the thing is, the wizard behind this veil of Jesus Christ is himself. Because the thing is, like I say, he asked the questions. The questions are inside of the content of everything that he says. So and do like, I. Huh? So do I. Well, I know that's a good thing, you know, and the thing is, the more questions that you ask and the more open you are to explore all these different answers, okay, the more like you, you might be, you might say that you're yeah. like Jesus. But the only thing is, you see, Jesus Christ, because people have that same attitude, that same feeling from the beginning, okay? And what's happened is that through prophecy and everything, it was, he was prophesied to come and let people know answers through questions you know, which he does, you know, and it all depends a person's outlook as to the way that they approach the information that he has there, you know, determines on what you get out of it, period. But to me, you know, like one of the things when people say, hey, I'm a Christian, you know, as I've said before to this group, is I don't ever claim to be a Christian, because if you claim to be a Christian, you're claiming that you have all the answers in life, and that you're somewhat of a God to yourself, like Louise does sometimes. You know, but I don't, I'm a student. I'm never, I'm never a person that has the answers. I'm always I, looking for answers yeah. to understand life. So, so the question and the answer to that, uh, that uh, verse, uh, uh, can, can we elaborate on this? Where are we going with that? Uh, the, the answer that, uh, well, those uh, tax collectors and, and sinners are the ones that need the stuff, but the, everybody else is okay. They, they don't need to. Is that is that the 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 core of this conversation? Uh, ju just a, a point of um, uh, practicality. Uh, I suggest, Hiro, you allow someone who's using a desktop computer to share the document. There you go. Yeah, maybe you make it larger. Perfect. Yes. Would you? Ooh. And you're, you're, thank you for muting one of your devices. Is there a question? I okay. sort of agree with Luis in the fact that uh, I think that Jesus was one of the ones that definitely understood the path okay. to enlightenment, the, the path of goodness, um, to, um, to a higher place. And he understood the path um, as far as our relationship here um, on earth, while we're on earth uh, amongst others. Um, but his teachings are the most important along with a lot of other um, God enlightening men that have worked this earth, that have taught us and have reached that same level of enlightenment. So um, I-, I um, So I, that Jesus is not a unique figure 
because they're, you know, it, what he represents is wisdom, which is impersonal. It doesn't belong to anybody. So uh, Jesus, in a sense, maybe we could say is the symbolic representation of the, the search for understanding and, and wisdom, the freedom of each mind through itself, for itself, by itself, uh, into enlightenment, the, the ultimate know. understanding. You're, you're, you're making a straw man and calling it Jesus, Luis. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly I mean, what... You're not watching my food. Yeah. Mike, would you like to read uh, uh, the uh, shared screen, the necessity of the Savior, uh, a few, a few uh, paragraphs for I'm us? I'm not sure what you're asking. Are you able to to uh, to move move over to the to the shared screen where there's a doc document showing? Can I'm looking that? at the document. Can you read it out loud? Uh, uh, two or three. Paragraphs. Where do you want me to start? Uh, a note for the Jews. All right. Tell me when to stop. A note for the Jews. Mary's son came to serve the ill. Mark 2.17. Well, that's what we were looking at. That's the verse. A note for all. The creator made us and decided it was all very good. Genesis 1. Mm, we haven't looked at that, but we have an idea what that's about. In the beginning. That be. Yeah. You want to read, read the next one or is that too much? You know, the thing is, here we're talking about Jesus Christ and his teachings and so on and so forth. When you're talking about go back to Genesis, Jesus does go back to Genesis in, in his teachings. It begins in, in John 1. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word is God. You know, the thing is, what he's doing is giving a description of how people have come to evolve with language. This here is very, very important, and that connection also is very important, too. But unfortunately, people have taken and assigned especially the scholars, so-called scholars and scribes and, and uh, Pharisees have assigned values to this, that God literally made people out of the ground and God created the earth and the heavens, which if you use the definition of Jesus Christ, I am that I am, and look at God as nature, of which is really described in Hebrew language, okay, then that is all very, very true because it was all created before any of us came here. So that is not untrue at all. And then it goes on to say that God, you know, uh, brought all these plants and everything that was upon this earth, you know, to Adam to take and give a name to according to its kind. In other words, the event of the, um, the word itself had a definition and that original definite, those original definitions that they used in Hebrew have been transformed over, over many different languages into our own language. So the thing is like a lot of the things that are in Genesis, it depends on how you take and interpret them as to the reality and how to relate to them in our own lives. But the thing is without words, period, you know, as it says in John, what do you have? You have no way of communicating except through sounds or whatever, but animals and people have a way of using sounds into their own group with their own language to communicate with one another. We do it by, 
you know, you can break it down into Greek, Spanish, um, you know, English or whatever languages you have. And each one is separate. And when you're talking your language and you don't understand somebody else's language, you really can't communicate with them. And that there is the point, I believe, that when you go back to Genesis and also in John 1 through, uh, I don't know exactly how far it goes, but, you know, they're talking about how we communicate is a communication form, not a, a way of, uh, hey, this is has to be understood in this manner or that manner. So, I mean, it's, it's very different. So I'm done. <laughs> no, can, can, uh, can Mike uh, continue with the, I'm not God? I, I like the way he uh, reads. All right. I'm not God. I presume, by the way, this is a comment by Rami. Yeah, I but think it is. understand it in that sense. Right. I'm not God. If God didn't exist, people would invent the word in order to make handle for a class of experience, which is utterly unique. People are divided between those who know and those who know otherwise. God is not under debate. Words exist. Only the natures of their meanings are in question. Yep. I'm not God and neither are you. Until all understand this, then the world will remain in disorder because the first mistake is thinking otherwise. When once a person determines they are the final authority in any matter, and they make a mistake, then what are the consequences? Good point. Holy, oh my God. Wow, I, I, I just I, don't know. I, I'm, I'm gonna stop up here. I'm gonna stop right here. I'm gonna interrupt. I'm gonna interrupt. Because I, I, you know, my humble opinion, God is under debate and it is debatable. I mean, we have to start there. You cannot tell me that the the, the hypothesis is is not uh, is not debatable. It's a hypothesis. So I have to disagree right away because if not, everything else uh, that trickles down from that is under a wrong assumption. You cannot tell me that the word or the meaning or the idea of God is not to be discussed. We have to be able to at least agree what we talk about when we say God. Or who we talk about? I agree, but it no. was say, it was I have to say that. I'm sorry. I, I got a different impression. God of... created humankind in His own image, and if we want to just base it on that, I mean, you're kind of not given. Yeah, I cannot continue the discussion if I don't agree with the premises. I mean, I'm sorry. I have to stop right in there, and maybe I have to step out. Because you know this, this. No, I, may, I get a different, um, totally different understanding uh, of, of uh, what Rami says. This is not a discussion. No, I get a different. This is a decalogue. This is this is the way it's going to be from the beginning, and you cannot argue that. But then we can argue about the little things, whether Mark was loved or not. Which you know, I thought Jesus loved everybody equally, but no, apparently he had some some favorite guys. I mean, this, I, I have to question these things. I'm sorry, but no. this this is this is my. Rebellious Luisa, side. I am a Luisa, scientist at heart. Luisa, I, it, it sounds like you, you get the impression that 
the uh, this uh, the existence of God is should not be in question. But I, but I get an idea. No, the very idea. definition, the very definition, whether it exists or not. I've never seen God, so. But at least oh, we, we can talk about what we think we are talking about when we talk about God, which we no no one has ever seen. No, I get a different idea from from the, that. Whatever Rami says, it sounds like he's saying that that whether it exists or not, uh, man had to come up with with the concept of God, and then and that concept has to be that it's. That we're not God, and but it's something outside of us. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, let's ask again the guy who who wrote the stuff, Rami. What did you mean by uh, uh, God is uh, not under debate? Oh, before I before I give any answer, I, I saw I saw Mike smile again. So I, I got to wonder: is there anything more than just a twitch behind that? Well, first of all, I, I am reminded in, in this business of discussing who or what God is, I'm reminded of an instance when I was teaching in class once and I had a whole bunch of students at the board working problems. And I was standing beside some student who was working a problem and had come to some significant revelation in the problem and he was staring at it his whole attention fixed on it and he muttered my god and i couldn't help myself i said to him yes <laughs> burst out laughing when he realized what i had done to him but uh you know one of the things that uh it seems to me when we begin discussing such ultimate things as uh, who or what God is or how we should talk about him, is that we are dealing with subjects which in some sense are a great deal more difficult than let us say relativity theory or quantum mechanics. Hmm. Yes, right. it's fundamental. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, this, this debate. Now, I, I know how extremely difficult it can be to say something in an abstract mathematical system, and in particular in a mathematical system which applies to something such as quantum mechanics or relativity theory. Oh, Joel. So when we get to these topics, uh, I am tempted to, on the one hand, take a lot of the things that we talk about in a somewhat poetic fashion as images, if you will, as fables mm -hmm. and and I am uh, not going to let myself depend too much on logic because my feeling is that logic and reason are things that you can use in fairly circumscribed settings 
such as, say, physics, and you can get useful conclusions there. But when you get to something of the sort that we are talking about here, I tend to look at what we are talking about very tentatively. <clears throat> what do you think about Ma this? Mike, Mike may, uh, may I add something to what you just said, which is beautiful, and I agree with you. Uh, we get uh, useful conclusions from science, uh, physics to be specific, uh, and we use mathematics to talk about physics. I mean, we, in, in this, the description of reality, we use mathematics, and then we use the regular words to kind of talk about them. But, you know, we describe reality with mathematics, very useful tool. But I ask, do we not get useful conclusions from other sciences, uh, less positive than mathematics or physics, for example, psychology and philosophy? Are they not as useful, hmm, the conclusions that we derive from the study of the mind, our emotions, our impulsivities, why we go to war, why we believe one thing or the other, why we create the idea of the absolute in our minds, etc., and we call it God. Uh, is it not as useful to use conclusions from <coughs> psychology, the study of the mind, philosophy, the study of extruding meaning from, you know, the, the chaos of the universe, I, I propose that those conclusions are just as uh, uh, fruitful and practical and useful if they are indeed for the betterment of the human race, for humanism, for peace, for creativity, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if they are... Uh, as useful or not, but I think that we need to engage in their practice because we are in effect faced with the necessity to make for ourselves maps of this unknown and threatening territory of existence which lies before us. We have to have some sort of guide that we can use. And unfortunately, sometimes the guides have mistakes in them. But we have to, we have to do this. We I agree to. with you wholeheartedly. We have to map out scientifically and then decide uh, what that means. We have to extrude meaning or meaningfulness from reality, which appears scary and, and, and conflicted to us. I've got to play moderator here. be very careful. I have to be play moderator here to make sure that, um, that, that no one of us um, dominates the conversation. I know that Jairo has had ideas in his head and also uh, Adriana. So I'd like both <clears throat> of them to be able to, to share. Maybe David, if he has some some. Yeah. Thank you. Can I can I go next? Yes, I think you were the first one to have an idea there. <clears throat> yes. Um, uh, I I'm not sure uh, uh, what uh, Rami intended by that uh, paragraph, but uh, but <clears throat> it leads me to uh, introduce the history of God 
and or, or, or the way uh, Western uh, Europeans have conceived of God versus East Eastern people, and and in the Indian subcontinent, uh, there's <clears throat> there's the uh, the people uh, that follow the the Vedic scriptures and and then there's the people that renounced it like the Jains and the Buddhists and and uh, I was listening to the His Holiness the Dalai Lama talk with some uh, Chinese quantum physicists and and they asked him about 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 uh, what I'm not sure uh, maybe something about consciousness or whatever and and, and what the Buddhism uh, says about this, and and um, and and the and the Dalai Lama, he <clears throat> he reminds them that that uh, uh, Tibetan Buddhism uh, uh, pretty much uh, brought over uh, Indian. Uh, philosophy and preserved it and 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 it goes back uh, several thousand years where where Buddhist Buddhist and non-Buddhist debated with each other over uh, things like uh, the they didn't call it the existence of God but they called it the the God or whatever as a creator and that ties into uh, the concept of uh, anatma and atma, like <clears throat> uh, at our essence, do we have something that is permanent and goes goes on and on, <clears throat> life after life or not? And and then, and so I think that uh, the traditions of of Hinduism and Buddhism are like cousins. Like they both uh, uh, study uh, how to how to attain enlightenment or or moksha or liberation, and and they use meditations, and they use rituals and and they talk about karma, and and reincarnation. But the main difference is is somewhere along the line, they separated. They, and I think is because the the Buddhist. This, uh, started with the premise that there's no beginning in time and there's no end in time. So uh, by cause and effect, you would it would need, it would uh, require then that there wouldn't need to be a creator God to make this happen. There would be just be causes and conditions that would produce effects. So we could go back forever, and there there would be no source of uh, of of it, anything happening. But then the the other philosophy had the premise that there had to be a beginning, and that uh, maybe that's that's the debate that that would require something uh, like a creator to have things happen. So, uh, but I don't know what happened. Uh, <clears throat> I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, like the Bhagavad Gita is, is like 
the Hindu Bible, it it looks at God as Krishna and is able to to uh, uh, take forms and and teach us kind of kind of like Jesus. And but uh, maybe Buddhism has that, but they call them Buddhas. They 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 come down and and teach us. And then and then uh, Christianity and, and Judaism and Islam have have prophets and and Jesus coming down and teaching us. But except that in in Christianity and in Islam, there has to be a a creator God. So what is that? And and how, uh, Rami? How do you define uh, cr the creator God? You you mentioned once that it that it has to be all powerful, all almighty. Almighty. What does that mean? Thank you. Um, I don't have to have a complete system. I don't think I'm going to make something up on the fly because if I did, I'd, I'd detract from the reality. Almighty is the sufficient word. Uh, Adriana, you're next. Well, I, I think, um, you know, you're right about Almighty if you believe only what the Bible says, but if you um, have a good understanding of and an open mind and understanding of all the other teachings uh, from all the other men that have walked this earth that have been enlightened um, then I think that we can have a better understanding and I am not going to say that just by me reading or understanding one philosophy that one man had uh, that I am going to be 100% um, guided to live in my life exactly as that book of that person's perspective was. Uh, because I have to, from my experience and my understanding is important to me and to really um, just give an open mind to all the other teachings, uh, to all the other wisdom that has been presented to us. Uh, they're all guides. They're all, you know, they're all God, godly enlightened. And for me to neglect that, I think that would be unwise. I think that, that uh, Christ had many teachings and and I have definitely learned and continue to learn and follow a lot of the, the same emotions because he, he showed us the path of, of enlightenment. But so did the Buddha and so did uh, Hare Krishna. And, um, and if we look back in time, Krishna was the initiator, the, the first one. So, so um, I'm not going to debate whether there's a God or not, because that's something that I understand. And how I understand my God, that's what's important to me. 
Um, but for somebody else, it may be something different. It would be just one God. For me, I don't have to have a God because we're all God. We're all created in the image of God. We all have the power to create. I can say, um, you know, uh, you know, I really don't like the situation. I really don't want to be there. I, you know, I'm sending to this, this, the universe, I'm sending this energy. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, but I don't take the action, but I just send it out there. And guess what I created? I created an obstacle for myself. That's going to put me in the right path. It's going to take me out of the wrong path and put me in the right one because I created it because I, uh, I have, I was created in the image of God. Now that I work on a daily basis and I forget, you know, and I'm, ha and I live in a mundane life uh, because that's, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, clustered in, in, in a small mind that allows me to do only certain things and be influenced by, you know, politics and religions and, and opinions and judgment and, and in a way of life, a culture that was created for me. Um, yes, it affects me, but if I can understand that I can create and continue to like, to view that, that way and to continue to learn from the people like Jesus that actually understood what that meant. And in this, par in this parable, he's saying, you know, whatever my, um, my profession is, my, my dedication will be to those who need me. It doesn't matter what my profession is. My, my whole existence was to help the ones that need me. And that's what he's doing. And that's what he's teaching in this parable. And I, and I think in any religion, that applies. <laughs> you know, whatever you consider God to be, that is the teaching here. So that's my take anyway. <laughs> Will I get a turn now? <laughs> I mean, I thought Rami did a very good job putting this thing together. It says, I am not God. <clears throat> Especially this part that says, God is not under debate. Words exist. The thing is, the way I look at life, uh, after studying the Gospels and the Bible and everything, is that everything is all about words. And the words that come out of the mouth of each of us tell everybody that hears those words where we're at. Before Mike and Luis were talking about some kind of mechanics and Mike was into mathematics and Luis is into um, whatever he is. And the thing is, there are words inside of both of these men, as well as myself, that are, they use to take and describe the things that they know that they're familiar with. But the thing is, in the following sentence here that uh, Rami put out, only the natures of their meanings are in question. And the natures of their meanings and my meanings that are in question are the things that they're not familiar with that I may be speaking or that um, Luis may be speaking or Mike may be speaking or Rami may be speaking. So the thing is, what separates us all is our own understanding of the things that each one of us know that is so very, very different. Um, so the thing is, you can, like I say once before, you know, you break it down into different languages. And the thing is, the other day I heard, um, you know, the guy, Tim Cook, I think from Apple, saying that 
we want to educate all these young kids in learning how to code. Well, the thing is, all young kids are not going to learn how to code. But the thing is, inside of code itself, okay, which is, I guess, a science, you might call it, okay, there's a communication, there's an understanding that brings out a kind of understanding for those people that do this in a way of thinking. And the thing is, if we could take and just understand that each person, according to the things that they understand in their own lives, okay, we may not be familiar with. But the thing is, we can take and have respect for them to listen to them and possibly learn from others, from the words that they speak that we actually question. But the thing is, when we do speak, and when we do speak, these words actually become our own gods in our own lives. And they control the things that we think and the things that we say and how we live our lives. So words, in a way, as he was saying, God is not under debate, the words exist. The words that exist in our own lives actually, to me, become my own God. Um, and Luis, he openly declares this, which <laughs> to me is not wrong, but uh, what it does, it sort of confines himself and anybody else that, you know, really believes this into their own words, of, into their own life, period, that's all I'm going to say. So that's um, my two cents. You, uh, David, you are also God. No, I don't look at myself as God because if I did... But you don't, but you don't think so. I say I am God, although I should say I am reality. I don't like to use the word God because it has a lot of... But I always use reality. I always say there is one reality, infinite and eternal, no beginning, no end. Yesterday, I'll, I'll give a quantum mechanics uh, uh, parenthesis here. I was listening to a, a French uh, physicist that was explaining why there is no beginning in time. And, you know, he, he uh, explains the, uh, the string theory that has come up with a, a, a good theory. Well, actually, it's not a theory because it cannot be, uh, it cannot be uh, demonstrated or proven. But the idea is that the, uh, <clears throat> in the, the beginning, uh, the, uh, the, the point where uh, reality was one point, no volume, infinite density and infinite uh, temperature they actually they say that uh, there is no in in reality there's no infinite temperature and infinite density so at some point you stop from going to zero so there is no beginning there's big crunches and big bangs crunches and bangs Luis, why is because if if there is no infinite density or or uh, uh, temperature there, there is no zero point, which is what we call the beginning, before there was important? anything, time or anything. That's Why important that? because that, that's important because it takes away the belief in something that was there before. I think you would have to understand and, and have um, had had some sort of understanding and, and, and learning what the basis of Buddhism and Hinduism right. and, and Hare Krishna, you to understand this concept. Yes. If, yes. If I've only studied the Bible, then I would I could not understand everything that's being discussed here. But this is, I had to go back and look at the name of the group. It's a Buddhism group, and so, and, and I, so you know, I, I don't have just knowledge of of the Bible written by the disciples about 
what their um, view or judgment was an experience of Christ on earth. You know, in this group, we have more understanding, not just of that, but also of Buddhism's path of enlightenment, of yeah. Hinduism path of enlightenment, of a Hare Krishna. Adriana, you're mentioning uh, the Eastern philosophies. They talk a lot about the three characteristics of reality. Anicca, Dukkha, and Anatta, which is impermanence, constant change. Dukkha, which is our our psychological, you know, Vietnam that, that has to do with being. And then the anatta, which is nothing really is. There is no owner to reality. There's no owner to our thoughts. There is no owner anywhere. We're just a process of dynamic change. And in within the process of dynamic change, of course, there is a beginning and an end. Like the body, my body has a beginning and it has an end. You know, it's created, you know, two little cells or one. I don't know exactly. I'm not going to go into the science of it. But, you know, I, as a body, arise and then I dis dissipate. Okay, but Luis. that happens at infinity and eternity. That means that the dynamic process of change is in itself infinite and eternal. Okay. Yes. Um two things and I'm, I'm not playing moderator because no one asked me to uh, but I, I do want Mike to be able to to share because he had some thoughts I, I do want to say two things though um, <coughs> the the universe at its start point does not have to be infinite or eternal and as you Luis are finite the universe and reality can be too that's what science is saying is not the case. Well, depends on which scientists you're talking to, Luis. Yeah, well, Let's give Mike know, an opportunity, though. I'm not sure I have anything to contribute at this point. That, 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 was, that was probably my failing of not stepping in and being a better moderator, but... Um, Can you add... Uh, Joe, but you can call me Joe into the discussion. He's from Toronto. He joined uh, uh, half an hour ago. He's hopefully he's been listening and got some ideas to contribute. Good morning, Joel. Joe. Joe. Good morning. Good morning, Rami. Um, I have been listening and uh, I've decided to become a Buddhist monk. <laughs> So, <laughs> you make a very happy you make a very happy Buddha, Joe. <laughs> but, but, nice uh, to see you. But Nianita wouldn't help me with my haircut, so I have some spots in the back. She wanted me to keep my my hair long, and we had a little discussion, and I I won, but it was what they call a pyrrhic victory. <laughs> <laughs> She didn't help me. I've got some some splotches, and anyway, it's good to see everyone. Hiro, I'm assuming you're home now. I hope. No. Yes. Oh, thank goodness. I'm I'm happy to hear that. And Mike, is that you, mathematical Mike? I'm just trying to orient myself. I think so. This this may be a topic for more philosophical discussion. Okay, I just wanted to, I'm trying to get the players together. 
David, it's good to see you again. Good to see you, Adriana, I think I have only met you once before, maybe never before. Yes, once before. Just once, okay. Rami, thank you for taking on the host function. Jairo runs this group with an iron fist, but he's a little under the weather now. And Professor Del Pino, always a pleasure. Always, always. Always, always. So uh, I'm not 100% clear on, on what the subject is, but uh, I, I learned something yesterday from a friend of mine who's from Nigeria, who lives in uh, Los Angeles, and is a pharmacist in, in Los Angeles. So I have this screen, maybe I'll, maybe I'll show it to you if I can find it. So one of these virtual backgrounds, I don't know where the heck I put it. And I thought I knew what it meant. Well, here it is. Uh, well, did that come through? No. It says that it's, can you see that? If I move my head out of the way? Yes. No one shows a child the sky. And it's an African proverb. And I never really understood it. I thought it, it, it related to the, you know, somehow to my game. And, and he explained to me that he felt the real problem in Africa and he wants to go back and help his village and his people. Uh, you know, he has great, at least in my opinion, great intentions. Um, but what I realized is that there are things that are apprehended by the individual that cannot be applicable to every other individual. So his unique mental perceptions about the problems of Nigeria, because he belongs to the California Pharmaceutical Association, the American Association of, of Pharmacists and the uh, Nigerian Pharmaceutical Pharmacists Association and he goes to all their annual meetings and he felt that a lot of the problems in Nigeria are related to the fact that they begin their annual meetings which is a secular organization by invoking praise for God and he feels that that's holding them back from development. None of the other places in the world and he wanted to go back and he raised these objections and all of his family said, you know, you can't change those things here. We have established patterns and trying to get rid of the corruption that's endemic. And I've been watching, you know, a series of TV program called Ozark. I don't know if any of you have seen it. And thank you for referring me to Queen's Gambit, Luis, and uh, searching for Bobby Fisher. Uh, and the, the corruption is no less here in North America. It's just masked a little differently or massaged differently. What yeah. in, in one scene, they buy a funeral home to dispose of the bodies. I, I don't know if you, if you uh, are involved in that trade, perhaps only indirectly, but it's very interesting. Anyway. We just build the cremators. We don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's, that's what they do too, but. Uh, we, we make machines. There's some paperwork in between that seems to get lost in more cases than we realize, I think. Yeah, yeah. 
anyway, sorry if I digress too much. Uh, it's not a very high level discussion, but it's mm -hmm. great, great to have a, a moderator. Thank you, Joe. I always enjoy your your perspectives and your stories. Uh, uh, you're you're of a Jewish uh, background, but but not uh, not a profound practitioner, perhaps. But I, a, well, I did think they attend. What's what's your uh, concept of God for you? And well, uh, I, I have a holy trinity of beliefs. And I believe in God, love, and rock and roll music, but not necessarily in that order. So, so that that's as close as I can come to it. Uh, I like music, rock and roll, R and B. Even I'm developing a taste for country and classical. Love is not love that alters when it alteration finds or bends with the remover to remove. Oh no, it is an ever fixed mark that looks on tempests and is ne'er shaken. And God is, God is amazing, but I just don't know what he or she or it is. Uh, guys, um, I, uh, Joel, very, very good, uh, very good uh, uh, point there where some people feel that invoking or praying to God in a meeting uh, um, precludes from uh, better developments, understanding, solutions, and everything. I because it's already eight thirty. I'm, I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to go. But this brings a very a very important question, which I think could me could be maybe the next uh, Zoom uh, discussion uh, to talk about magical thinking in psychological terms uh, uh, define and understand what we understand by magical thinking uh, with a sub, sub question is uh, a faith or a believing God uh, can it be considered magical thinking and how does that um, uh, trickle down in our lives the way we understand things the way we live the, what we eat how we how we work, how we get along with people. So uh, maybe we could make uh, uh, the next uh, Zoom uh, discussion into magical thinking. Uh, how, how I would like to ask everyone here uh, what they think about this idea. Well, but before we, before we uh, state that, let me just um, make clear because I don't want a mischaracterization to, to, to take place. Uh, I have approached this document from a rational, not a magical point of view. So um, could it be? Yes. Is this that? No. No, I was not talking about your document for sure, uh, Rami. Uh, I'm just talking about the concept in general because we always are going back and forth in these, uh, in these meetings about uh, a little bit the understanding of reality by each human mind uh, how we have our worldviews, each one of us, how we understand the world. And uh, to me, it's always, uh, you know, here, this is a good case. We're talking about uh, uh, mathematics, physics, uh, psychology, uh, philosophy, and, and we're discussing the Bible and what uh, the par parables and, and, and the beginning. And is, so I'm always questioning the question. It was there a beginning. 
uh, is there a God? What do we understand by God? Because we've never seen it. So it's like talking about the, the, the empty space or ground zero. What is that? How do we find, define it? So, and, and Joel just hit it right there on the nail. How does praying or faith or any magical thinking, and we, we, we can subdivide them and see if one is and one is not. Can we put them all in one big bag? Uh, I wanted to make a discussion about magical thinking what we think it is, it, uh, can we have magical thinking in science, for example? Can we have magical thinking in psychology or in philosophy or in religion or in, in uh, you know, if we think we're going to hit the jackpot because uh, the, the, you know, numerology tells us so. So I wanted to maybe put to the, on the table the discussion about magical thinking. And I would like to know everybody's opinion about that. Is this a, a subject that would be of interest? So, so the answers to your question are all yes. And, and Jairo, would you please scroll down on the document since, since Luis needs to go? Uh, there's one section remaining and I want him to have this opportunity because it helps complete the frame. About there? Yep, that's it. This is the end. And I think, I think you'll... Perhaps agree with this, Luis. Uh, would someone read this for us? Maybe, Luis, would you like to? I'm not sure I can read it because it's too small on my phone. Oh, any any volunteers? Uh, I can read. Yeah, which part do you want? I can read it. Or go ahead, David. Uh, well, Adriana uh, uh, responded first, so she wins. Okay. Um, phenomena such as certain beliefs are either true or untrue. Religion is epiphenomena, a secondary effect of byproduct that arises from, but does not casually influence a process. Believing God is necessarily the product of a firsthand experience. Has everyone had such an experience so as to believe in God? Perfect. <clears throat> this is talking about really the same thing that Luis is you know, phenomena, you know, which is magic. Okay, the only thing is, I think that, that Rami took and he did an excellent job of putting this thing together. And the thing is, too often we look at only topics in one dimensional thinking. Rami has taken this and looking at it in several different ways. This whole thing is, I think, quite a, quite a piece of work myself. But, um, you know, phenomena is, is things that are happening that seem to be magical. And they go right down the same line as what uh, what Louise was talking about. And the thing so, is, that would be a very good yeah. topic. All right. So uh, thank you, Rami, for showing that uh, last uh, uh, paragraph. My, my personal experience is the more I look at phenomena from uh, the scientific, uh, rational, and measurement uh, perspective, the less I, uh, I uh, consider the idea of uh, God, G-O-D, and more I see reality as it is, uh, scientifically, phenomenology. As a matter of fact, phenomena are real. There's not magic in phenomena. What is, is. I mean, unless you're saying that the whole of reality is a magic trick. So I go exactly the opposite way. And this is where this discussion about magical thinking uh, could could clarify these positions. Always, of course, understanding that each one of us thinks in a way, so our 
own worldview is uh, relative uh, uh, to others, while I don't know how absolute it might be to each one of us. So um, I think this would be a great, uh, a great uh, subject of discussion, magical thinking. I mean, are phenomena magical, for example? And what do we consider, what we have to define the word magic and uh, thinking? <laughs> Rami, Rami, can you explain to me the difference between phenomena and epiphenomena? Is, is phenomena something that can be verified scientifically and, and people come to a conventional uh, uh understanding versus epiphenomena is more personal, perhaps? Well, um, epiphenomena is something that either can or cannot be confirmed scientifically because we may or may not have the tools to do so. Phenomena is a second order effect. And what's the first order? What is the, the first order effect? The and what, is the yeah, what is the first order effect? Phenomena. Oh, so phenomena are the first order effect, right? Well, no, uh, phenomena is phenomena. Okay. Yeah, let me, can I, I'd like to say something about this, Rami. The thing is epiphenomena, when you look it up, epi is a, is a, a prefix for a, a Greek, Greek prefix, okay? And what epi actually means is something that's upon or on or something that's superimposed. A phenomena that has been superimposed upon a person that only the person can take and realize. And if you like, I can give you an example of this exactly last week in our, um, in our discussions of different things we were talking about. Because right at the very end of the conversation, I mean, at the end, I had to cut out because I got a call from my sister-in-law saying my brother had just passed away. Well, the thing is, I don't know if you recall, but earlier in the conversation last week, I had mentioned the similarities between um, the fact that uh, Iroh and also my brother were in the very same hospital. Oh the thing is a phenomena that actually happened throughout the day, I'm an Uber driver. The very first ride that I had took me right past the Winter Park Hospital, okay, in Winter Park. And that's where Iroh was, where we were having the meetup. And also my brother passed away in that same hospital. And it was really sort of odd too, that at the very end of the day, I had a ride that once again, took me right past the Winter Park Hospital, you know, and to me, this here is a phenomena, a superimposed phenomena of something that exists, okay, that is something that, that I will never forget. Some maybe say that, you know, that this is the Holy Spirit, or this is God that created that, but the thing is, it only has value to me, and not to anyone else, because I was in the midst of that whole phenomena as a whole, and to me, phenomena do exist, and like he's talking about uh, magical different things, I think you can almost put all these things in the same basket, you know. Um, but anyway, I, I just wanted to share so, that right at the end. So, David, uh, uh, could I um, uh, summarize your distinction between phenomena and epiphenomena as that phenomena it can be verified scientifically and and uh, so, the community can come to a conclusion about it, but an epiphenomena is what meaning we give to what appears in our mind. So yeah, in your case, you, you, you went by the hospital several times and, and you 
and you gave it meaning or right. you, you tried to or you're or you're you're still not sure but 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 you you think that that those arisings those uh those effects uh have something uh behind them that are that are uh significant only to you somehow and so you're right. and you're and you're finding uh you're finding you're striving to find meaning in, in there right right i, I mean the, the thing is there's a communication that goes on with people period uh with nature nature talks back to you to me jesus christ and his words they they come back to you through wisdom through different applications that we all experience uh, we experience those teachings on a daily basis in our lives if we're willing to look for it but i mean the thing is if we close it out and we say, you know, that Jesus said just uh, fables or whatever. You never understand uh, any of the, what they call it, the Holy Spirit or whatever. These little different things that happen in our lives that just show us that, to me, that there's something more there than, um, you know, what I believe and also coincidence. A lot of people write these things off as coincidences. But I, I don't because the thing is it happens far too frequently with me, you know. And uh, to me, there's there's something there. What it is, I don't know. But to me, there's uh, some kind of existence. I think the power is in the words that we all speak and that we all think and that we all do and that are part of our lives, whether we believe in Buddhism or, you know, uh, Greek culture or Christianity or Hebrew or Muslim. It, it really doesn't Joe, make it. Joe has his hand up. Would you like to... Uh, contribute something, Joel. Yeah, if it's my turn, I will. Yeah, it's your David, turn. Your, your turn. Uh, uh, David, I, I think I, re I really like this, uh, Rami, this uh, uh, phenomena and epiphenomena. And uh, my understanding, and, and I don't have a formal background, I'm not trained in philosophy, I don't speak any foreign languages, I've been forced to learn a few Greek phrases. Uh, because of my attendance at different philosophy groups. But phenomena, I think, is what is used as a generic term to describe something that exists in nature. So this is, this is what is. And an epiphenomena, according to what I'm understanding from this paragraph, which is very thoughtful in my opinion, is... Yeah the meaning that we we collectively or I individually may ascribe to that phenomena. Phenomena is what might be ascertained, shall we say scientifically, that people that use the various modalities of science might could tell us if there's one or two of these phenomena uh, and uh, different people would do it. So I see this sort of in a philosophical sense, like the difference between Mike as a phenomenon that I see and hear and experience on the screen and Mike's reputation in my mind, uh, which is separate and apart from Mike and which he may or may, he probably, he has no control according to the Stoics he has no control over this. M you know, my impression that Mike is a is a an academic, an intellectual, 
from my previous meetings, I understand he has a background in mathematics, none of which I doubt. Uh, I don't have doubts about that, much like David may not have doubts about uh, Jesus as being a framework for viewing his life experience. Um, so I, I don't know if that helps. And I think what, what Luis is terming magical thinking is epiphenomena. So if, if, if David's view of the world uh, on the prism of his Christianity, which although I don't share it, I respect it, uh, uh, would be what Luis might prefer to refer to as magical thinking. And, and I, would, I would recoil from that to the extent that it may have a pejorative um, connotation. Uh, it, magical, to me, conjures up images of people who are doing hand movements, sleight of hand, something that's fake. Whereas I think David's belief is is sincere, and I don't know if that helped or or, or hindered the discussion. That was great. Um, I I really appreciate David's sharing of his experience and also uh, Joel's interpretation of the reading. Um, I. Um, I, I do think that yes, David is is passionate about uh, um, and dedicated to his um, emphasis on life's experiences based on only Jesus and only as an experience through um, through what God wants him to experience and how Jesus has led a path for him to. Uh, lead it. Um, um, as that last question, has everyone had such an experience such as to believe in God? And that believe in God is necessarily a product of a first-hand experience. Um, in understanding that um, we are all made in God's image, we are basically uh, all creators and it's not just about our humankind, but understanding that trees, animals, the universe, the sky, the planets, outside the planet of our planet and up to its most infinite respect, um, that we are all in one godly universal energy. That we are, so our energy, our godly energy, the energy of the universe, the, the plants, the animals, the thoughts that we have, they all work, you know, together. They all come together. So when we have this godly experiences, they are a manifestation of our energy. They're a manifestation of the world's energy, of all the energies coming together. And the, and the point in where we understand that we are a part of everything. And like walking through and understanding that we are part, you know, that having that emotion, that feeling that nature is like hugging you. <laughs> we, because that's exactly how it is. You know, that, that's, that's who we are. 
and and having that unity thought and not separation thought that their nature we are human that's god no it's not that way we're all one you know there's no separation and it's the separation that causes separation (laughs) the separation of thought this it's that's the conflict right there if we didn't have you know uh, um we all have our opinion about religion but it doesn't matter what we think because we're all same and equal we're we're all in the same path and we're all together whether we want it or not whether we like it or not and we came to this earth by means of birth and we're going by the means of death and i believe that that yes, that I have other paths to live and that I've lived other paths. You know, there's things that I know that I don't know why I know, or there's things that I do that I'm not sure why I ended up doing them. Um, But I don't feel I'm disconnected by being in this earth in this lifetime, or I'm not disconnected from nature. I'm not disconnected from animals. I'm not disconnected from this earthly life from any other planet life or any other universal energy. When I look at the stars, they're not over there. I'm, they're within me, they're, they're part of me. So anyway, that's- That's beautiful. Thank you, Adriana. Can you clarify what you mean by uh, energy? Because uh, coming from a scientific uh, engineering background, I, I, I look at energy as related to matter like e equals mc squared so it's very physical but your energy i i must i suspect must be related yeah. to consciousness something spiritual well, scientifically i mean the the they have named the most minimum um, uh, a point of energy as being god energy uh because they couldn't think of any other way of relating it so then oh, the you have god a connection there between science and god but um, when I say energy, really, I am talking about love. You know, love is really, for me, the basis of connectivity in all mm. Okay. I would equate that to like a universal consciousness or it is altruism or something. Yeah. And, 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 and the lack of love or the emotion of love um, you know, lead to the conscious to whichever path. So if we, for me, if I base whatever thought or whatever energy in out of love, then that's the energy I'm going to create in my life. If I base it on a loving energy, then that's the energy that I'm going to create in my life. Rami, would you like to finish up by reading uh, perhaps about the author? That, that's not necessary. Although the quote at the end of that document is, uh, I actually got that by way of my mother and apparently I've been told that it came from my father. So that quote at the very end is very nice. But I, I wanna share just, um, I didn't come to this discussion by way of the uh, Hiro's Buddhism group. I came to it through uh, Central Florida Philosophy, another meetup group that Hiro hosts. And then he shares this there and really directly through the Zoom app because Hiro um, and I are, are longtime friends and uh, I didn't have to go through Meetup to find you guys. 
But uh, I, I wanted to give reference to, because a lot of these are in framings and uh, a lot of it is philosophy. I, I, I wanted to give reference to just two lines, a very brief bit of dialogue between two characters from Huxley's Brave New World. Uh, and this is between Mustafa Mann or Bond and uh, John the Savage. I don't know if anyone's actually read the book or maybe probably at least heard of it. But uh, at one point, Mustafa Mand, he's referencing uh, Main de Biran. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He says uh, he was a philosopher, if you know what that was. And John the Savage replies, replies promptly, a man who dreams of fewer things than there are in heaven and earth. So... Um, I've always taken that as a warning not to just be a philosopher in life because <laughs> all you're really doing is limiting yourself in that process. So if, if we're going to end on anywhere, I guess we can end on, on, on the quote. It matters less what you profess to believe than how it is that you actually treat people. You know, the thing is, uh, I'd just like to say one thing, you know, I hear the word love mentioned and everybody uses it all the time, you know, saying that I love you and this and that and everything. But the real problem sometimes I see in this, everybody wants everybody to be kind to each other. But unfortunately, we all have a different definition of kindness and love. So the thing is, when we go to love somebody and we give our opinion and say, hey, you know, you know, I think you should do this or that and everything and doesn't agree with the person we're talking to right away, instead of um, coming forth with love, we're coming forth with something that's quite not acceptable to that other person, even though it's intended to be given in love. So, you know, the thing is too often, you know, we use these words like love and kindness without really understanding, you know, what the context of them actually are and how they actually function in life, you know, because the thing is, everybody is a representative of the words they speak. And whether we want to realize it or not, the words we speak become our only gods or the way we interpret God or whatever it, it may be. And I think that uh, respect is far more important than love, because if we can take and allow, like we do here in this conversation on Saturday mornings, everybody to speak their piece, and everybody has so many different opinions, we all become uh, students of each other and helps us to grow in a much better way in life and to see things in different ways. So. I uh, have stayed much longer than I thought I was going to. I was leaving about 45 minutes ago, but I, I couldn't detach. Uh, Adriana, you said something that struck me uh, also when you said that uh, I have lived other lives or I don't know how you phrased it, other existences. Yeah. And, but before that, you just said that we are all one. And if you put those two things together, uh, that means that not only you have lived before, you are living now and you will live in the future. Yeah. But that means that uh, you and I and Jairo and everybody else and the whole planet is living at the same time. And that goes to the, uh, to the idea of anatta, which means that uh, you and I are the same thing, but the whole reality does not have an owner. Right. It just experiences itself. Yes. 
it's autotelic. So it was a beautiful thing you said, and uh, I, I, I agree 100%. I'm just taking it a little bit, you know, at the universal level, the cosmic level. Thanks. And uh, so there. In, in the version of love, love is an energy and it's not something that we do to influence others in thinking how we think or to tell them, you know, that they should do whatever we think they should do. I mean, love is, um, is, is, is um, just loving the person as they are, just being there for that person or just being there. Uh, it doesn't require you to do anything. Uh, enjoy yourself. Let, in, let others enjoy themselves without hurting yourself or others. If we do that, uh, we are, this, this is universal love. You do what you want. I do what I want. We don't hurt each other or ourselves. That's, that's love. Right there with a big capital L. So, yeah, you have to understand others. You have to respect them. You have to let them do their stuff. But uh, if everybody does that without hurting themselves or others, mm -hmm. then you have paradise, paradise on earth. That's my parting words, my, my dear friends. I, uh, I thank you as always. Thank you very much. Always very enjoyable. Uh, it's beautiful to have conversations where everybody can express their worldviews, uh, compare them, uh, study them, discuss them, and still come back saying like, hey, this was, this was great. This was uh, full of love. Right. Very good. Okay, guys, we'll see you next Saturday. And if you uh, think uh, magical thinking is a good subject of discussion, let's go into that. Let's do our homework and, uh, and throw all the, all the meat on the, on the grill. Sounds good to me. I'm going to depart, too, as well as Luis. It's been nice to meet everybody that's here. And, you know, uh, usually, though, I'd like to hear a little bit more from Joel because he's so quick-witted about so many different things that I didn't hear that today. Just a little bit. <laughs> we can have an after-time discussion for a few minutes. Yeah, I'm going to go, though. I have to leave. So nice seeing you all. Thank all you. All right, guys. Hi, you, you take care of yourself. Always a pleasure, David. Take Definitely. care of yourself, Hi, Don't do anything Thank stupid. Thank you for, for showing up and contributing. All right. And take David. good care. You're looking, looking a little stronger, Hiro, than last week. So you feel like you're getting better? Are you still exercising your lungs with those thingamajigs? Yes, I have. I get annoyed when I inhale deeply. It causes me to cough and it annoys me, but I should keep, keep trying to, to do that more and more. <clears throat> Thank I, you for your concern. Not at all, not at all. I'm Thank really you, Joel, glad. for showing up. Oh, not at all. Always a pleasure. Nice to see. You, you, you're going to get there, Hiro. You're going to get. You're going to get to health. It's just going to take longer than you may want it to, which is going to be an excellent opportunity for you to develop in ways. I'm yeah, concerned, that, and I had to wait until Luis left because I didn't want to to take up his time anymore. But there, there's this essential understanding that I think is is missing, and I I, I think that without that essential understanding, it's possible to fall into the illusion of thinking that you can create a heaven on earth while at the same time being blind to the pain that you cause others in the process. Mm. Yes, perhaps Luis is, 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 uh, is uh, fascinated by, <clears throat> by making it all fit intellectually 
and perhaps he does have experiences, but he then tries to uh, express it intellectually and and <clears throat> and try to uh, replace the word God with with reality and to make it less personal and more scientific. And but uh, yes, perhaps he does have an experiential <clears throat> feeling about God, but he calls it reality. It's just uh, <clears throat> it sounds strange for us when he says that he is God and you are God, that sounds blasphemous from a Christian background. I don't oh, know. It, it, would be, it would be to a Judaic background too. I mean, that's, that's what. Judeo-Christian background. Well, or, or Islamic of, law. Uh, the Hebrew people used uh, <clears throat> Jehovah as kind of a warrior God. I don't think they, they started off thinking that this warrior God, Jehovah, is also the creator. I think that the creation story in the beginning come, comes from Babylonia or, or Zoroastrianism or whatever was there and adapted. <clears throat> and somehow it ended up in the, by the time of Moses to exclude all other gods. And for, from there, it became monotheistic and, and that influenced uh, Christianity and Islam to to oh. to be uh, definitely monotheistic and destroy all idols that <clears throat> that came across and to not uh, have images of God or of the Prophet Muhammad in Islam. So it just became more and more uh, fixed and and rigid. So, <clears throat> whereas so, in in Eastern uh, religions, there's there's just gods everywhere, or Buddhas everywhere, the holy beings everywhere. It's just it's just a a buffet of gods, and and they and they <clears throat> they may like Hindus say that uh, these are only a manifestation of one God, and and Buddhists say, well, there's no beginning, so we really don't need to have a God uh, create all this. It just has always been there. Okay, mm. so the- And, the, and the Chinese people don't care either way. Don't, the, they don't right. Pay. Well, you know, it's, it, you gotta get rich. That's, that seems to be the current ethos that, that, that came, that's, that's predominant in, in that to a degree, at least for the last 40 years uh, or so. But the, the, the thing about the idea that I am God is nothing new. Pharaoh thought he was God. And he, he would think that because he was God, you know, that, that kind of thinking becomes like, we're, we're the real people. If you remember at the end of um, The Grapes of Wrath, where um, Mama, we're the real people. The rich people, they're not the real people. That's coming from a poor perspective, thinking they're the only real people and the rich people aren't the real people. Pharaoh can be like, we're gods, or there could be whole sets of people who believe we're gods. And by what they mean by that is they're saying we're the real human beings. Those other beings in the form of being human beings aren't the real human beings. They're just animals in human being form. Mm. And we can 
disagree. Well, I disagree with that too, that idea, um, but, but, I, but it exists. I in the fact that in saying that I'm God, I'm saying I was created in the image of God and we were all created in the same image. We all have the ability to create. We are spirits. And the same as in, in the Bible says, you know, we, we talk about the spirit all the time, but we just don't have an understanding. For me, um, you know, yeah, like in Buddhism, there's many gods. They're all one God. It's just a manifestation, like, you know, an architect's an architect, an engineer is an engineer, a mathematician is a mathematician. We all manifest our, our highest um, abilities, you know, in different ways. We are, you know, we have, we have perfected certain abilities in different ways. And it's a matter of, um, you know, understanding what our spirit, you know, um, ha has been empowered to do. Sorry, go ahead. Joel, what do you think? Well, I I wonder if Rami has really read 76 books on Goodreads. Probably. <laughs> I know. I That's believe I, 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 tend, I tend to believe he has. Uh, I mean, uh, I... Uh, I I'm so sorry. Do you want to be more? No, I'm sorry. We ingested a demon, but you need to stop. Ow. So I hope um, the nurse. I hope the nurse. If anybody's you. interested, and also bring back my. Ow. Are we all muted? Does anybody hear anything? I can hear you now. Okay. So, yeah, this was really great, Rami. It was really nice to meet you. I was asking people if you've really read 76 books on Goodreads. And are you currently working on Heidegger? Yes, uh, the first three sessions were recorded and are posted at the Central Florida Philosophy Meetup YouTube channel. Okay. You can hear his God now, no worries. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Adriana, I'm sorry I had to, I'm also a caregiver, so I had to step out a couple of times once to make my wife breakfast and other times take her uh, to, the, to the bathroom. So I'll, I'll have to catch the, the, the fullness of your statement on the YouTube archive. Thank you. Thank you, Jairo. Thank you, Mike. Um, yeah, the, it's, it's reductivism that I think is the, the enemy because when you, when you apply it, and it's, it's very predominant, it took over a lot of science reductivism did, uh, what it does is it blinds the practitioner. It blinds the practitioner to the evil that they may commit. Okay, well, reductivism is a new word for me. So it's something else to think about as if I, do, as if I don't have enough. But if anybody's available this evening at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, 
There's a multilingual meetup group and we'll be playing Darwin. So we have a Go champion from Beijing who will see the game and attempt to play it for the first time. And maybe I'll get some insight into whether or not it is truly as mathematically complex as some with greater mathematical abilities than mine say. Uh, if anybody's available, I'll be happy to send the, uh, the link or you can look it up yourself, 7.30 p.m. on Meetup. Uh, the fellow that runs it is from China. Uh, he's an he's a American English-speaking physician living in Washington, but he does this as part of just what he likes to do is have different languages and people with different cultures exchanging with each other. And I believe this is a, this uh, Go champion from Beijing is uh, a distant relative of his. It's a younger person, but he's completely English fluent. Uh, Joe, if it if uh, if Hiro blesses its this use, could you go into the uh, event listed for Central Florida Philosophy Meetup and paste the link uh, to to the meetup where we can get to the Zoom or wherever, however it is that we're connecting? Yeah, I'll try and do that. Yeah. Thank can you. we put it in this chat here? Because I'm. Uh, I was. Uh, let me just look it up. If you're going to be here for a minute, I'll have to look it up. I I think I can find it. Uh, I got so many screens open here. Uh, let me see. Let me go to Meetup. Yeah, I'd love to have your feedback uh, if you're available. Uh, and it might be interesting to watch because the theory is that I've spoken with people who speak chess, who speak chess, who play chess. And those who are, what was that new word that, that I just should have learned but have already forgotten? Reductivism. Okay, I did remember it, good for me. Uh, the, they, they dismiss out of hand that Darwin is as complex as chess and others tell me it's more complex. And yet it only involves a board of 17 pieces. Uh, and it, it, I've discovered that it, it has a specific uh, definition in game playing theory called a strategic, I have to look it up, it's another word I can't remember. Uh, anyway, it's a, it's a strategic game uh, that uh, does not rely on basically randomness to um, uh, there's no external, nothing external other than your mental faculties uh, to play the game. Okay, here it is. Here's the Zoom link. How, how many of those pieces, Joe, are unique pieces of the 17? Uh, depending on how many players. Okay, so if there are, it, unlike a, a, a traditional or a death, here, here's the link. Okay, now I, I caution you, don't, don't interrupt your schedule because the gentleman that runs this is a very nice man, uh, but his technology sometimes fails. So last two weeks ago, I tried to get into the meeting and it wasn't working and other people did finally get in. He had a, a flute player from Beijing. It was very interesting or it would have been very interesting had I been able to get in. But I've tested the link and he does have a Zoom account, 851-8623-5827. And um, there's no charge or anything like that. 
and I do have two computers set up, one to display the Darwin board and another to describe the rules. And we'll see who shows up. And as long as two people are willing to play, we have, we have game on. And maybe, well, I have invited the Michigan state champion for Darwin, a young man who's only played the game a few times, but he's quite good. And I've also invited the Italian champion. I hope he shows up because this guy is amazing. He played it once and I thought that he must have seen this game or something very much like it. He didn't even have to ask any of the rules. Uh, but he said, no, he'd never seen it before. When it comes on the market, he wants to buy one. And uh, in the hundreds of times I've played it, I've never seen anybody who is as a natural like him. But I don't know if he'll be there. Well, sounds interesting. I've never played a game uh, such as that. So. No, you, you, you've never seen the game. It's a brand new game. Great, great. It's not, it's not on the market. You can't, you can't buy it uh, yet. Um, okay. and, uh, we've had Can to I find out a little bit about it before if I join in. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I'll, uh, I'll give a little spiel about how it came to be and, okay. and what it is and how it's evolved and so on. I'll be happy to explain all that depending on what the host of the meeting wants me to do and how he's got his time arranged. Okay. Cause he keeps, he keeps an agenda, but uh, I'm looking forward because, uh, the boy, Mike, did you want to say something? Bye. Having to leave. Goodbye, Mike. Good seeing you and talking to you. Good to see you again. Take care. Keep Bye. counting. <laughs> I never counted much. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> uh. Well, this is really great. I'm glad. I, I wasn't sure whether you were going to be going on or not. I, I got know. up at seven, but I was too tired to get out of bed. Yeah, I I wasn't sure about it either. I thought last week I was going to, and then I ended up um, going to uh, my niece's graduation get together. Always, always a pleasure to but, have a, uh, a female perspective and pretty face to show up with these ugly old men <laughs> uh, having a philosophical mental masturbation going nowhere. Thank you, Adriana. The, the spirit is what's important. It's the spirit. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Bye, Adriana. Bye, Adriana. Thank you for coming. I'm very grateful. Made my day, made my week. Thank you, Joel, for coming. My pleasure. Yeah. I'm glad I, to see you're getting better. Always a pleasure to have you have the uh, <laughs> Toronto perspective. Yes. And the and the and the, your wit and your stories. <clears throat> and and yes, I do want to attend uh, this evening's uh, meetup where well <clears throat> well you have. You try to have a game going on. Yeah, we'll see if it works. We don't know. I, I hope it will. I think I think it will because we played it there once, and the guy that played it is a polyglot. He's he works for the um, uh, diplomacy corps as a translator. He speaks about eight or ten languages. Very nice fella. Yeah. Wow. 
the organizer uh, who, whose name uh, Yingling Shi, he's uh, he runs this group uh, for people to be able to communicate in different languages. And I have a German speaker from Los Angeles who's going to try and come. Uh, we'll just see what happens. Okay. Yeah. I hope to show up. Yeah, me too. It's always, I think it's interesting. It was it's always amazing to to have uh, my, uh, <clears throat> brilliant minds uh, uh, <clears throat> playing with each other. Yeah, and, and it was you you that put me on to um, Queen's Gambit. You know, that's that, oh, okay. that's yeah, because and then someone else got me on to looking for Bobby Fisher. So oh. there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of parallels between those games and Darwin, which oh. I'm happy to know about. I wouldn't have known anything about it had it not been for you. And 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 I like to acknowledge that it was Luis Del, Del Pino who uh, who suggested that I uh, you got to check out Queen's Gambit. Yeah, it was really good. He, he saw something in it. Yeah. Uh, um, I used to play uh, chess like as a teenager a little bit, and I actually picked up Bobby Fisher's paperback book that uh, that uh, kind of went uh, introduces one to basic moves and and makes you practice, and and I followed it, and I said, "Wow, there's a there's a technique to this," and. And and it and I applied it, and it worked, and and I started beating my brother. Oh, good! <laughs> and 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 I and I was getting bored because he was he he would take too long, and I would just uh, <clears throat> get into uh, patterns that I could see, and that was amazing. Oh, interesting! But I then, never uh, that deeply into chess. Yeah, but then. Uh, uh, I kind of uh, I get uh, I I kind of didn't pursue it any further. I don't know why. Maybe I was getting into uh, tennis, and I was trying to make get tennis into some kind of uh, chess uh, uh, kind of uh, see if, if there's some chess in it. That uh, I think it's more. Uh, um, uh, physical memorization and and letting the body do all the work. Yeah, not, not so much the mind. Well, I'm gonna head out, Hira. I hope to see you tonight or at some of the other meetups this afternoon. Uh, the humanists uh, would love to see you. It's always nice to have people from out of town. It seems to make make the meetings more exciting. Yes. All right, I'll try. Thank you. Have Thank a good day. Out.
podcast. We absolutely clearly will enjoy this. Awesome. Thank you. Bye.